ladies, puberty, PMT, pregnancy, the menopause. Yes, your hormones have been taking you for a ride for years. Hot flushes on the bus, menopausal meltdowns in the office, whatever those hormones have made you do, Jenny Smith and Kate Faust are here to lend a sympathetic ear. Why not write in and share your hormonal hell with the girls? Don't worry, they've heard it all before. It's time to put those hormones in the firing line. This is Dear Hormones. Welcome to your safe space, ladies. Coming up on today's show, a rant in the altogether, when a trip to the library goes bad, and brace yourselves for one woman's nightmare in the disabled toilet. Hello, we're back. Hi, Kate. Hello, Jenny. Hi, everybody. Uh, so there wasn't a show last week, so sorry about that. Uh, real life got in the way, didn't it, Kate? But in the meantime, the Eurovision Song Contest has been on. So I wonder, <laughs> I wonder how Selda's been feeling. Oh, my because, goodness. So because, do I. Yeah, because I, I, well, I can't think what episode that was now, Kate, when Selda wrote in to say she burst into tears at Dal Freya's um, Eurovision entry. But they, they weren't able to perform, were they? Not live, because there was an instance of COVID, wasn't there, in the band. But, but still, they still placed fourth. Placed fourth? Oh, yeah. Now, I had to miss it this year, which is a big, like, nightmare for me. I, I never miss the Eurovision, but um, I miss it. This I didn't even know that they'd come fourth. That's brilliant. So I wonder if she burst into tears at that. <laughs> Zelda, let us know what happened. I have to say, I really enjoyed Eurovision this year. And, um, but, I, yeah, but yes, I, I liked our English entry. Obviously, didn't do too well. And I especially liked being, you know, being married to a German. I especially liked the German entry this year. Oh, did you? I'll have to look that one up. Second bottom. So, you know, so for our, <laughs> our children were very disappointed being half German, half English. And the two, oh, bottom, dear. The two bottom placed entries were Germany <laughs> and England. So... <laughs> Were there were there any songs this year, Kate, that genuinely would bring you to tears or just Zelda? Let me think. No, really none. No. <laughs> right. OK, so um, last episode, we um, we teased a story that's coming up in this week's show, Kate, uh, a poo based story, toilet, toilet humour. And that's coming up later on. So I just wanted to say we haven't forgotten it's coming up. Mm. Very exciting. Um, but to start with, shall I read our first letter? Yes, please. This is good. It's got a great title. It's called A Screaming Banshee. And this is from Marie in North London. Dear Jenny and Kate, thank you so much for this podcast. I have always suffered dreadfully with emotional turmoil connected with my cycle, although I didn't spot the connection until my 30s. I've since wondered if I might have premenstrual dysphoric disorder. I don't know what, what that is, do you? No, nor do I. Let's read on and see if we can find out more. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes the effects can be present for up to two weeks. I have lived in fear of what beast I might become each month, let alone when the menopause eventually hits. On a serious note, I wonder how much of my mental health issues and personality disorder diagnosis were actually instead attributable to the influence of my hormones. It makes me sad because I feel like my true self is kind, loving and gentle, but for a good portion of the month, people are met with my furious or teary, irrational, vindictive alter ego. 
hashtag psycho bitch from hell totally understand what she's talking about here I was like that with PMT and as you know you know I I turned into a bit of a monster myself with the menopause so I uh, I really feel for this uh, this woman so do I and I remember you saying Jenny and I'm not sure if it was on the podcast or just to me but you saying that you felt before that for only about one one week of the month you've actually been your true self Um, yes yeah I think this lady probably feels the same you know it takes over so much of your life you know if you do suffer badly with your periods and PMT but yeah you have a one one week window (laughs) to actually get things done it's very unfair she carries on she says it is wonderful to have this open discussion to know I'm by no means alone and to learn more about what may await me during the menopause and how to prepare for it and deal with that Mm. so I'm so pleased that she said that because that's really a big reason why we started this podcast, isn't it? Absolutely. Uh, My story is about a particularly bad episode of PMT, brackets, what I refer to as period, monster, torture, turmoil, torment, all of the above. I love (laughs) that. I think she could coin a new new meaning for PMT. Yes. Period, monster, torture. Okay, here we go. The screaming banshee. Oh, I can't wait. I've always been sensitive to noise and a light sleeper, and I often have to attend late evening events as part of my work. So after enduring four months of being woken up by building works because my block of flats was having a lift shaft fitted, I was pretty much at the end of my tether. Oh, Marie. Mm. The lack of sleep left me generally irritable. But when combined with the monthly irrational obsessions and complete lack of compassion, well, it was as if I were possessed by the Hulk himself. Do you know, that's funny because that's exactly what how my mum described herself. I don't you remember way back in episode one, she said that every I month do. she would transform Hulk-like and Marie said exactly the same thing. Yes, yes. During one such week, after several consecutive wake-ups, I was looking forward to Saturday when at least the builders wouldn't be working. Imagine my fury when I was awoken by a hammering noise at eight o'clock, brackets, which might seem late, but I was tired, close brackets. (laughs) Are you kidding me? Knowing the builders didn't work on Saturdays, I was full of hate for my upstairs neighbours, assuming they had chosen to do DIY and disturb my much needed lion. How dare they? At eight o'clock in the morning, yes. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. We were amidst amidst DIY projects ourselves. So I grabbed a hammer from the sideboard, launched myself onto the kitchen worktop, naked as the day I was born, and started banging on the kitchen ceiling. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) It was then that I saw the builder outside tapping the concrete out of his bucket, and he saw me in all my glory. myself at being woken up so unjustly I didn't give two hoots that I was starkers I opened I opened the window and shouted it's eight o'clock on a Saturday morning what are you doing (laughs) (laughs) he nervously replied not knowing where to look uh we're allowed to start at eight o'clock on Saturdays <laughs> we'll see about that I snapped slamming the kitchen window and returning to bed to try to get back to sleep whilst mentally composing a strongly worded email to the building management 
I love this letter so oh, much. It's just brilliant. Wow. I have to say, it's a bad rule though, isn't it? I mean, being allowed to start at eight o'clock on a Saturday morning, I am with Marie. I think that's too early. I think I, I need to be sleeping at eight o'clock on a Saturday morning. I would not take kindly to that. I need to be sleeping at eight o'clock on most days, especially on Saturdays. Thank you. (laughs) It carries on. After much tossing and turning, I was just drifting off when I was elbowed out of my half dream by voices just outside the front door. It started as a low whine, the melodic of a child not getting its own way before I'd even fully woken up and realised it was it was coming from me. <laughs> this is an amazing letter. <laughs> the, the pitch and volume increased oh, <laughs> as I leapt out of bed and slung my dressing gown round me, not making that mistake again, I was completely out of control. By the time I reached the front door, I was screaming like a banshee. They could hear me coming. I wrenched the front door open and screeched, fuck off, (laughs) to three terrified site supervisors who were staring at me, rooted to the spot as if I were Medusa. I slammed the door and retreated inside to stew and sob until I had transfigured back into something more human. Look, I know that is an awful experience that she had, and that must have felt really quite scary to be that out of control. But actually, when you read it, (laughs) the fact that she screamed that at them into their faces. (laughs) What must they have been saying? Oh, Marie, wow. Oh, my God. I didn't hear a peep out of the builders for the rest of the morning. I bet she didn't. (laughs) (laughs) Though I was, of course, too tightly coiled to even attempt getting back to sleep. I laugh about it now, but I do cringe to think what my various boyfriends have had to witness. And on another serious note, with it being difficult to distinguish between hormonal displays and one's true personality, it's little wonder that none of them could handle me. Oh, Marie, I found a mindfulness-based cognitive therapy course absolutely invaluable in giving me the awareness to notice when my hormones are flaring up, the breathing space between the trigger and my reaction, and the tools to quench the fire of rage and keep things slightly more on an even keel. Much love, Marie. Marie, thank you so much for writing that letter I think that is a really important letter to have received I think loads and loads of women are going to um, relate to that me included and I want you to know that you are not alone and that when our hormones take control it really isn't your fault so I don't want you to be beating yourself up but I love this thing that you've done the mindfulness-based cognitive therapy course that sounds fantastic I like it that she signs off with much love Marie I feel like I want to send that love right back to you (laughs) thank you so much what a wonderful letter as Jenny says it's funny for us reading it (laughs) very funny but not funny for you at the time and very glad that you found that mindfulness-based therapy course to help you yeah we are sending you a hug we're sending you a big hug through the uh, the podcast airwaves a big big hug I was going to say with neighbours it's so tricky isn't it when you when you live above or below people we've had yes Think all sorts of things happening with neighbours in the past. Have you ever felt yourself um, picking up a hammer and banging on the wall? <laughs> I haven't. Well, you, I mean, actually, we've kind of slightly had it the other way round. Well, 
<laughs> the good job Marie's not living next to you then. <laughs> I, don't, you see, I don't think we're that bad, but the last flat that we lived in, we had um, somebody living downstairs from us and I think she really, she, she sent us a letter saying that she could hear everything. She could hear our telephone conversations clearly. She could hear us walking <laughs> up the staircase. She could hear us peeing in the loo. <laughs> Oh no! <laughs> and I just, oh, you know, no. and so I, you know, we felt so, so quite. I mean, there's nothing, not much that you can do about weeing in the loo, is there really? But <laughs> no, there isn't. And then I suppose you, you must have lived the rest of your life in that flat, just permanently on eggshells. We did feel quite, <laughs> quite conscious about it all the time. Um, and then in the house that we lived in before that flat, actually, we had a very interesting lady living next door who was very lovely. Um, she used to write me long letters all about the joys of spring. So she would sort of write, oh, the daffodils Ooh. are out. And it made me really like, and she typed them all as well. She had a typewriter. And we could hear her through the wall, actually, typing on her typewriter, <laughs> typing me all these letters about daffodils and things. And then she invited us over one day to go for tea. And she had made little tiny sort of canapes with very carefully yeah. cut little bits of cucumber on the top. It was all very wonderful. And she had a grown-up son who lived with her. We inquired as to where the son was. And she very suddenly said, he doesn't like Germans. <laughs> He doesn't like what? He doesn't like Germans. <laughs> he won't be oh coming my downstairs. God. My husband is German, um, and so he wasn't going to be coming downstairs because he didn't like Germans. Um, oh, and it then what emerged. Was, what was the that, reason for that? Well, <laughs> she then she explained that it, he had he had his heart broken by a German girl, and that was the reason why. So he wouldn't come downstairs. She she then said things like she was asking about Matthias's job and and where he worked, and he said, "Oh yes, I work in London." but it was quite a commute from where we were living at the time. And he said, so I have to leave at six in the morning. And she said, no, you don't. <laughs> oh. <laughs> you leave at 6.15. <laughs> okay. Do you know what this is sounding like to me? It sounded like the start of some sort of horror film. You know, like Misery. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> she, sounds like, she sounds like maybe a really weird character like that. <laughs> Watching you all the time, typing you letters. The son doesn't like Germans. I mean, honestly, this is like the start of some sort of creepy... Hollywood blockbuster <laughs> well, well we never had any problem she was she wasn't she was a lovely lady but yes it was we're very lucky with our neighbours at the moment can I just say <laughs> but but um, yes it's, it can be difficult can't it living so close yeah. to, to people and yes if you have noisy neighbours yes and then combine that with not getting any sleep combine it with PMT combine it with the menopause or whatever you want hormones combine it with hormones and then it's just a step too far as Marie <laughs> has experienced um thanks once again Marie absolutely love that letter we'll be getting that badge to you as soon as we can um Kate you've got another letter for us so this next letter comes to us from Claire she says dear Jenny and Kate I'm Claire coming up for my 71st birthday next month I count as part of the baby boomer generation though I think like many of my friends I was defined by the 60s Beatles flower power band the bomb all that stuff I actually can't remember exactly when my menopause started sometime in my early to mid 40s but it went on for a hell of a long time. The early signs were slightly erratic periods, which was quite manageable. Then the night sweats and hot flushes started. I was in a very senior management role for a large housing association. And I remember having to attend a meeting on their behalf with a very smooth bloke who was representing a firm of architects or developers. I think I was wrong footed from the start. I was never into power dressing, though lots of women were in the nineties. This guy thought he was the bee's knees and did a great job of making me feel small, disempowered and unsuitably dressed. All in my oh. mind. <laughs> Although she's, she said, she says all in my mind, of course. And this is oh, true that okay. often, you know, we, we, yeah. We, yeah, we do it to ourselves a little bit. Poor Claire. But, uh, yeah, some, but there are guys out there, actually, that aren't all in our minds. And there are people like mm. that. So maybe he was a bit like that as well. Give her the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. 
As if that wasn't enough, I was overcome almost immediately I arrived with a most gargantuan hot flush, followed by oh, sweat no. pouring down my face. Oh, oh no. Oh, God, at a meeting. Oh, oh, my goodness. When that happens in a difficult public situation, it always goes from bad to worse. A few days later, I met my gang of girlfriends for our regular Saturday tennis. In all, there were seven of us. We met over many years, summer and winter, every Saturday morning at Parliament Hill Fields in various combinations, occasionally roping in others to make up the numbers. As soon as we sat down for coffee, I spilled the beans about this horrendous meeting. It sounds as if you need to go on HRT, said one of them. I couldn't manage without it, said another. Lifesaver, said another. From then onwards, talk about the menopause became a very regular topic of conversation with detailed discussions about symptoms and remedies. With hindsight, I benefited greatly from the fact that three of the women were five to 10 years older than me. So they'd all been through it and come out the other end. This is what, you know, for me, Jenny. Yeah, exactly. So this glad to know you, been... so glad to know you. Yeah. <laughs> and to, yeah, then to be doing this podcast, absolutely. Interestingly, while everyone was amenable to so-called natural remedies and indeed had tried them, they all thought there was nothing to beat HRT. I wasted no time in seeing my GP. HRT made an almost immediate difference to my life. I still had hot flushes and night sweats, but not with the same intensity or frequency as before. Life became manageable again. I realized looking back that I was very lucky, though it didn't particularly hit me at the time, to have enjoyed these very open, informative, and sometimes hilarious conversations within a supportive situation. Isn't that true? Oh, I love that. Yeah, I love that. And I love that the conversation was obviously going on then as well. I know it wasn't talked about so publicly um, then, but the conversations were still happening between the women, which is just crucial. And that's what's so great about podcasts, isn't it? That we can all now get the word out there to even more and more people so easily. But then mm. you talk, had to rely on your friends um, being open enough to talk about it. And, yeah. and, and, and she goes on, she says, an important postscript to note is that we did eventually allow some blokes to join the tennis gang, but they had oh. to put up with our choice of conversation over coffee. I hope they found it useful. <laughs> good. I'm sure <laughs> they great? did. You know, do you know what's really good as well? Um, if you go to our Apple podcast reviews, there are quite a few um, reviews on there from men. Mm. And, it's the me and they're saying how helpful this podcast has been um, to help them understand their wives and their partners and their mums better. There's a brilliant one on there, actually, about a, a, a guy who's remembering. In fact, I'm going to see whether he can write into the show for us, uh, remembering back to an episode that his mum did when he was a kid. And he said he now realises, having listened to our podcast, that she was going through the menopause and he's now spoken to her about it since. So... You know, I think it's so important that the men hear this. You know, it's, it's not something we should be going through alone. It's a huge part of our lives. And if, you know, the more people that know about it, the more understanding that there, there's going to be. How brilliant that um, she was talking about it then back in the 90s and that the men were involved then. Brilliant. So brilliant. Claire, we're full of admiration for you and your friends. Mm. And she continues, she says, I can't quite remember when the big scare in the media about HRT and cancer happened. Did you watch, um, Jenny, the, I'm sure you did, the show Davina Recalls? Yes. Sex. Yeah. What's it called? Sex, myth, sex Myths and the Menopause. It <laughs> sex was absolutely myths brilliant. And the it yes. was, was absolutely brilliant, but she, a big part of that, she was talking, wasn't she, about, about that big scare linked to HRT and how so many women stopped. Yes. I mean, it was, was it how many, how many women stopped after, after that scare? It was at least half. I think it was more. 
a huge, huge number came off. They came off in their droves thinking it was going to give them breast cancer. And actually then all the things that HRT can help prevent, that those cases skyrocketed, you know, so things like um, heart disease and osteoporosis, because HRT can be fantastic if you're able to take HRT, that is, can be really good for preventing those diseases. Yeah, women did come off it. So she's talking about, she was part of that, was she? Mm, she was. She says, even then there were enough alternative opinions to persuade me to keep going with HRT. I knew that I couldn't possibly have done my job properly without it. I was in an even more senior role by now. I think I'd possibly been on HRT for eight or nine years when we moved to this area and we changed GPs. Pretty soon my GP here asked me, or rather suggested very strongly, that I might like to come off HRT. So I said I'd give it a go. Disaster straight back to unmanageable hot flushes, sleepless nights, dripping sweat. It wasn't going to work. And so she prescribed a different type of HRT, thought to be less risky, which might do the job. And it did. Brilliant. I think I was on that low estrogen dose until about the age of 55. When I finally weaned myself off it, I did so very gradually. But don't think that hot flushes and nighttime sweats go away. I still get them sometimes now. Up until now, I've really only talked about one aspect of the menopause, the sweating and hot flushes. Another common thing is having a very dry vulva and vagina pretty much all the time so that your pants stick to you. Oh, this was another thing that was mentioned on the Davina McCall show, wasn't it? It's another very common symptom of the menopause and something that people really don't talk about. I mean, because no, it's, it's, it's too embarrassing for women to talk about that, isn't it? But it was brilliant that Davina did talk about that. And then talking about all the remedies, there's so many things you can get for that. Just go and talk to your GP. There's lots of things you can do. So she's saying about a common thing, having a very dry valve and vagina pretty much all the time, such that your pants stick to you. And of course, not much fun for bonking. <laughs> now that's a word that needs to come back into fashion, isn't it? <laughs> that's, she's given her age away there. And I love it. I love the word bonking. That's such a good, brilliant thank you Claire thank you Claire yeah so much information in there and I there's more there's more hold on we haven't haven't finished there's more come on Claire she's gonna give advice using KY jelly or whatever fancier stuff you favor becomes essential make sure it's always there in your bedside drawer along with your other best friend (laughs) (laughs) love you Claire you are brilliant thank you for sharing that we need to talk about it it's just like Davina said on that program you know it's something needs to be talked about and this is what she's going to go on to say she says I have been shocked recently especially after seeing the recent tv program fronted by Davina McCall to discover that so many women in their 40s seem to know nothing about the menopause come on gals get reading get talking yes You've said it all, Claire. <laughs> yes, get the men involved yeah. well, and yeah. let's all get talking. Yeah, absolutely. You know, this is going to going to affect every single woman out there. You know, it's it, 50% of the population will at some stage go through um, something like this. And it's so important to know about it, to be prepared for it, to not be embarrassed about it, you know, to know that things that, you know, Claire's just talked about are going to happen to you and what you can do to stop it. So, you know, there's so much help out there now. Thank God people are talking about this stuff now. Thank God. And hasn't even Jenny, you being a fan of the Royals, hasn't Sophie, the Countess of Wessex, been talking this week as well? Have you have you seen this? Sophie, the Countess no, of Wessex. Oh, Jenny, she's been she's been talking. I'm, I'm behind on the Royal News. I can't believe it. Tell me, share. She's been she's said all sorts of wonderful things this week. She's And I've, I've got a little quote. I've got something here that she said. She said, 
We all talk about having babies. Nobody talks about periods. Nobody talks about the menopause. Why not? This is what Sophie says. Yes. And she says about periods, it's something that happens to us 12 times a year. It's something that's incredibly normal, but it's something that's very hidden. And I think it's time to say enough. So Sophie, Countess of Wessex, and Claire, who for us is, is royalty, I would yes. say, wouldn't you say? Yes, Dear hormones, royalty you are, Claire. Royalty to us. They are saying the same thing. Thank you, Claire. Okay, Kate, here we go. Letter three. This is the letter that I teased in episode six. Mm. This is, brace yourself, guys. This is all about um, the <laughs> toilet. On one hand, I'm excited. and On the other hand, I'm not sure if I do want to hear this. <laughs> Uh, honestly, when I read this letter, I, I actually had tears in my eyes. But um, <laughs> here we go. It's called Drop Off. <laughs> no. <laughs> Dear Jenny and Kate. Oh, this is from Anonymous, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> you say you're going to try and keep a straight face. No, you're not, Jenny. We all, we all know it's not here going to happen. I will, I will try. I will try. Um, Dear Jenny and Kate. Don't ask me why. But I've always had to go to the toilet for a number two way more often when I have my period. I'm already laughing. <laughs> okay. Um, she says, I googled it the other day and it's definitely a thing. One website explained that the period hormones may stimulate muscle contractions in the intestines and bowels, which are close to the uterus, causing more frequent bowel movements. Please keep this in mind when I tell you my story and please feel free to laugh. Great. We've You've got, got license a free to laugh. pass. <laughs> okay. Okay, here we go. <laughs> Can I just say, I'm not sure whether Jenny's able to read the story. She's just had a massive laughing fit. <laughs> I, might, I might have to pass it on to you. Here we go. Right. Okay. Right. At work, we had a disabled toilet. And this tended to be the toilet of choice when you needed more than just a wee. As I said, my period used to present the problem of more frequent poos. So I headed off to the disabled toilet to do my business. There were two doors to negotiate in this particular loo. There was an outer door which took you into the washroom and then another door where the disabled loo was located. The lock on this door was notoriously dodgy and kept you on high alert when trying to do your thing. I... Uh, <laughs> I... <I'd, laughs> I just because <laughs> I know I know how it ends. You, you've read it already, haven't you? I haven't. Don't, don't, yeah, okay. I just settled down on the toilet and was getting close to drop off when I suddenly heard the rattle of the outer door. In a blind panic that this person would be able to push through the dodgy lock on the disabled door, I leapt up to secure the bolt, but my timing couldn't have been worse. Just, no. just as I stood, gravity came calling and what should have landed in the toilet bowl shot out of my backside and landed squarely on the floor at my feet. <laughs> oh, oh, my God. <laughs> Jenny, how many times have you read this story to yourself? I, no, I, I, mean, I, I, I think I you've probably read it a few times and yet... <laughs> Jenny's got tears streaming down her face. Uh, I, now, seriously, right? So now imagine, imagine what that looks like. <laughs> in the office toilet, you're in the office toilet, the disabled room. Someone's already trying to get in, by the way. And your poo is now, now on the floor at your feet. <laughs> she says, 
they say that the menopause can have an impact on your muscle mass. And as I looked down at that sorry state on the pale gray tiles, I remember thinking to myself that now might be a good time to start working on my core strength. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> oh, I just love that letter so much. <laughs> Um, that is so oh. true about having to go to the toilet more when you have your period. That is hundred oh. percent. I had that. Claire um, says, had... "Come on, girls, get talking." <laughs> well, wow, that... <laughs> we really are talking. We're talking about everything. <laughs> I know we've covered it all in this episode. <laughs> oh, and then that reminds me of the letter we had last week about the lady who ate all the licorice. Yes, and then then ended up having what we think was diarrhea <laughs> in her trousers <laughs> at the market. <laughs> <laughs> and now this girl at work is, 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 is having to this is what I've been laughing about as well is she then obviously had she hasn't mentioned this bit but she's she obviously had to clear that up <laughs> Don't she? She all the time with somebody rattling at the door outside hurried <laughs> <laughs> clear up <laughs> I love the bit that she says at the end where she says I looked down at the sorry state on the Grey tiles <laughs> <laughs> in an office. What the flooring's like? <laughs> oh, and she's going to have to work on her own, on her own flooring, on her own pelvic floor. Yeah, yeah. And, and <laughs> like, oh, wow. good luck! Thank you, anonymous. I will track you down. I will get. I will get that badge to you. Come what may. Thank you so much. <laughs> I've actually got tears in my eyes as well. Oh. <laughs> Partly from absolutely. the letter and partly from seeing your reaction, Jenny, which just makes me laugh as well. <laughs> it's just that I knew, even though I, even though I knew what was coming, I can't. Every time I think about that story, <laughs> especially because I also used to go to the disabled toilet at work. And now, listen, I never used to go to the toilet to do a number two if unless I absolutely had to. Okay, I, I'm always a come home, do it at home, keep it, right. keep it behind your own front door that's what my motto is but sometimes very very occasionally I've had to go at work and I always pick the disabled toilet as well I wonder if everyone else does that <laughs> hopefully no one's been on the floor um, just before I popped in that would be quite gross oh anyway Kate let's, oh. let's read our last letter let's go for our last letter Keep like the tears in my eyes have made my made my nose run as well yes let's read our last letter um and our last letter wonderfully Jenny comes to us from our youngest ever writer. This comes to us from a 14 year old. <gasps> I'm so excited. That's brilliant. I love it. We have a 14 year old listening to the podcast. I, oh, I can't believe it. <laughs> oh my God. I, so we've now we've had a 70 year old on the podcast and now we've got a 14 year old just to prove that this stuff affects us all, all women. It doesn't matter how old you are. We're all going through it. And I'm sure Claire would be very proud. Claire saying that everybody needs to get talking. Even a 14-year-old yeah. feels able to, to talk about, about things. So this is really wonderful. Let's hear what she has to say. Hi there. My name is Miley. A great name. And I've been listening to your podcast ever since I overheard my mum listening to it in the kitchen whilst doing the washing up. <laughs> oh, that's interesting. So that's what we need to do then. We need to get the women to listen to this podcast in front of their teenage daughters so that it gets them talking as well. That's great. She says, I love it. And she's capitalised the love. Miley, oh, we love you. Thank Miley. you. Thank you, Miley. I think it's so amazing that you've created a safe space for women, girls, to talk about their hormonally related experiences and a space in which we feel heard and less alone in our hormonal struggles. 
It's so important that as women, we feel we're able to talk about these things, which are just part of our biology and need to be way more normalised. Oh my goodness, this is such a lovely letter from a 14 year old as well. I know. Anyway, enough of the fangirling. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, we want more. Because we like fangirling. More, more. <laughs> I'm writing to tell you the story of a time where I didn't feel able to talk to even one of my very best friends about the fact that it was that dreaded time of the month for me. I think I was 11 at the time. I had only started getting my period a few months before. I was extremely self-conscious about it. It was like an unspoken taboo. Never talk about period stuff at school. It's not that me and my friends weren't close. We were the closest of the close and we still are to this day. I just would never have dreamed of talking about my period with my friends. And this must be, I think when you first start your period, you do. I mean, I don't think I spoke to my friends about it when I first started my period. I didn't. I think I've said in the previous episode, I was 11 also, and I was mm. absolutely morti mortified that I'd started my periods. I was embarrassed. I felt ashamed. I don't know why, but yeah, I would never have dreamt of talking to anyone about it. Yeah, I just felt deeply ashamed. Well, I think you feel so self-conscious, don't you? And also it's that thing when you're a teenager and you're starting your periods, you, you don't know which of your friends have started their periods and which of them haven't. There's a bit of a, yeah, no one, no one feels quite comfortable talking about it because you don't know what stage different people are at. It's such a shame, isn't it, that we do still, I know it's because we're very young when we start our periods, but that it is a, an issue that is embarrassing. And I mm. it, hopefully the more things are talked about over the next few years and so, that it will become less and less embarrassing and that, that girls will be able to talk about that with their friends, you know, mm. not feel that sort of embarrassment, or maybe that just comes with their age, the fact that they're not mature enough yet to sort of deal with it. Mm. I mean, that's going back to Sophie, the Countess of Wessex. That was she said that as well, didn't she? That uh, that it's yes, something that happens did. to us twelve times every year, and yet people don't talk about periods. Um, and we need to. We need to start talking more about them. And well done, thank you, thank you, Miley, for writing this. So one weekend, me and one of my best friends decided to have a sleepover. As you might be able to imagine, if you've ever had a sleepover or have children who have had sleepovers, we had planned everything that can possibly be planned for a sleepover within an inch of its life. <laughs> yeah. We had never had a sleepover together before and there was much excitement. But of course, my period had to come along and make it that bit harder to have the perfect sleepover. Oh, my heart breaks for her. I'd never had a sleepover whilst on my period before. So pretty much every half hour, I would be running off to the toilet to check my pad and make mm. sure that there was no chance of it leaking. I'm pretty sure I was very obvious about it. And I have no doubt my friend and her mum both knew very well it was that time of the month for me. Yeah. It's so self-conscious. Oh, I've got to check, got to check, got to check. I know. Anyway, at some point in between these regular trips, we sat down to watch a movie together with a very yummy treat of strawberry cheesecake ice cream and raspberries. When the movie was done, we stood up and we stretched our lazy muscles. And to my absolute horror, I looked down to see a big red stain on my pyjama shorts. Miley, uh, uh, my heart goes out to this girl. It, I've, oh my God, poor girl at that age. Panic. What should I do? I clearly hadn't thought this through enough. I had no spare pyjama bottoms with me and I definitely could not wear jeans to bed. There was only one solution. I was going to have to tell my friend and borrow some of her pyjamas. 
Oh dear. Have you ever been in this sort of situation before, Jenny, where you've... Um, I, I, I've had experiences at school where I've leaked, um, you know, onto my skirt, which has been really embarrassing. And I actually had one incident when I was very young, when I just started my periods. And I didn't realise, because I was only 11 and we didn't really talk about periods and I just knew I'd get them. I didn't realise, and it sounds, makes me sound so silly, that mm. you carried on getting your periods at night time so I used to go oh. to bed without a pad in I, did, oh, I didn't realize gosh and, and this one time we were camping we we're in our caravan on holiday and I'd obviously bled all over the sleeping bag and I woke up like absolutely shocked and stunned and crying I was like, what's going on what's going on and my mum said well you know you've got your period why didn't you have a pad in I said oh. I didn't know I had to wear one at night I didn't know you got your period at night oh. so you know little things like that when you're so young and you know not enough is talked about I don't even really remember having that conversation at school and my mom my mom obviously just hadn't thought that I would that she'd need to explain that to me um so it wasn't her fault it was just me just being a bit dim I suppose but yeah no I have had a kind of similar kind of experience but thankfully I was with my family whereas mm. this poor girl Miley is is at her friend's house and that is it is mortifying mm. I, my heart goes out to her so she said, no, there was only one solution. I was going to have to tell my friend and borrow some of her pajamas. Full of nerves, I took a deep breath to ask her, when? Wait. I looked down onto the sofa, only to see a big, squashed, juicy raspberry sitting on the sofa. <laughs> Don't worry, it was wipeable. My hero, my lifesaver. I don't think I've ever been so grateful to see a raspberry in my life. Oh, <laughs> it was a raspberry. I showed my friend and her mum with obvious relief in my voice, keen to show them it wasn't a period stain as fast as possible. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and they got me a pair of fresh pyjama shorts. As you can imagine, this left me with the new issue of how on earth I was going to make sure that I didn't actually leak onto these pyjama shorts. <laughs> what a relief what a relief she must have, I felt that relief when she said that about the raspberry I almost felt what she would have felt that like that day yes. oh my god that's just like a dream come true scenario isn't it Thank never god been so happy to see a raspberry but that's a story for another time she says about oh gosh so she says oh. she's going to make sure that she didn't actually leak onto those pajama shorts but that's a story for another time I wonder if she did leak onto those pajama shorts gosh Miley she's got more to tell us if you're listening, we want to know now what that story is about the pajamas. Please tell. Now I've shared my story about leaking all over the sleeping bag. So you, you know, come on. Did you leak on the sleep sleeping bag, Miley? Oh, Miley. <laughs> she says several years later, me and my friends now all openly talk about our periods, and I am so thankful for that. Although my raspberry stain story was all very exciting, I'm rather glad that I will never have to feel a similar feeling of absolute terror and nerves linked to my period again. Well, I hope I won't. Thanks again for all you do on this podcast. I hope you enjoyed this story from Miley, aged 14. Absolutely love that story. Every single bit of it. The fact she's 14 and she's written into our podcast. Yay, that's a win straight away. But a story that we can all relate to, apart from you, maybe, Kate, because you have already told us that you've got very light periods. Um, but yeah, for a lot of women and also, Miley, something to look forward to in later life that you might get sudden really heavy periods in the menopause. There you go. <laughs> Jenny no <laughs> there you go Miley so, so give it another 30 years <laughs> but if you're able to do, you know you've said Miley that you're now able to talk to your friends and what a wonderful thing that is just as Claire has told us talking to your friends helps 
so much all through your life. Yeah, I think maybe when I got a little bit older, I, I was able to sort of talk to my friends about it, but not to the extent that I feel that Miley is talking about, which gives me so much hope. Too right, Jenny. Yeah, come on, sisters. <laughs> oh, thank you so much to everybody who's written in to the show today. Um, what a collection of fantastic letters. Yeah, we've had a real mixed bag today, haven't we? I've loved them. Such honesty. Yeah, really, really good. So everybody who was featured on the show, you are all getting a badge. We will get those out to you. I've just actually ordered some more, Kate, because we actually oh. ran out. Oh. <laughs> yeah, so we've got a whole new bag has arrived of, of the badges. Just another little reminder for you to keep sharing this podcast with your friends. Tell, tell somebody about it. If you could rate us, review us on, on Apple Podcasts, that all really, really helps with getting the word out there. And we would massively appreciate that. So thank you thank you very much maybe we can end with what sophie the countess of wessex said when she says that no one's talking about the menopause no one's talking about periods and then she said didn't she i think it's time to say enough absolutely and on that note we'll see you next week bye see you then bye that was dear hormones with jenny smith and kate baus if you've got a story to share, email the girls at dearhormones at yahoo.com or they're at dearhormones on Instagram. Until next time.